Hello and welcome back to Between the Notes, a Motif Music Podcast, recorded at the Parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we are sitting down with local artist Dan Blakesley. We want to thank the Parlor for hosting, as well as our other sponsors, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Testing 123 with the R-I-D-O-H. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guest before we sit down with him to discuss his experiences with the local music scene. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. songs going on the next uh, album which is coming out this year don't know when exactly but uh, yeah uh, I'm gonna do uh, a song that I wrote uh, so so uh, this is the ocean state uh, and uh, I figured uh, gotta play a song with mermaids in it any mermaid fans out there yeah yeah one on stage big time all right 
So I wrote this song about me uh, working too hard, not taking enough time off. called No Shame in Wasting Time. This one next, uh, next one takes place in the city of Somerville, Massachusetts. 
Thank you very much. I'm gonna do uh, one more. My name is Dan Blakesley, and uh, I wrote this song. And I'm gonna uh, uh, tell you the story behind this one. I was playing a show up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire one wintry evening during a blizzard, and uh, and uh, everyone that was at the bar, which is hardly any people, had left except uh, two uh, gentlemen, and they were sitting kind of far away from me. I was taking. I was taking my dinner at midnight after playing three hours. I was kind of sitting there and I heard every word they said. And one of them said to the other, my lover, she gave me a white horse named Valentino as a gift. And then I butted into that conversation because I was like, man, that's the craziest thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> so the guy uh, filled me in on his story and it just blew my mind. Uh, uh, so this one goes out to Marvin and his horse named Valentino. Boy, I took a break from the books. I met me a girl who come with them right. That pretty little feet, my heart she took. It was at the Canadian border back in 1985. She gave to me. The pure white horse This is why I am alive Oh, Valentino My lightning steel Oh, Valentino My friend indeed Why do I have to watch you bleed? He was high I went hop saddle He bucked in the jump 
phantom woman in me. I got bit by a snake with the sound of a rat. Venom, I'm getting on my denim. Headed back to the south, gonna use my thumb. Oh, Valentino, my lightning steel. My name is Dan Blake. I'm at the parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. For Motifs Magazine, in between the notes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hello. Welcome to Motifs Between the Notes here at the parlor. Hello. <laughs> We're here tonight with Dan Blakesley. Um, thank you to our sponsors, R1 and Trinity Beer Garden. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Dan, that concert was such a treat. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. We're here with good singer, time. songwriter, guitarist, whistler. <laughs> Is there anything I'm missing? Oh, I don't know. I Yeah, I got to. <laughs> no, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fantastic performance. Oh, cool. How long have you been in the music game or playing music in general? I've been doing it ever since uh, art school. I went to art school from 1990 to 94, and I started playing uh, music uh, there in 92, 93. Cool. So I've been, and I've been, and professionally, I've been doing it for um, probably since uh, 95. Since 95 is like, that's my job. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Good for you. That's a long yeah, time in the game. I'm very thankful. Very thankful. Yeah. Where did you go to art school? In Baltimore, Baltimore. Maryland. Yep. Okay. Did you ever go to Charm City Bluegrass Festival? No. I don't know if it was around then. I bet, okay. it, I bet it probably was. I don't know. It might have been I a didn't have place a car. in the 90s. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. I relied on my friend Will Schaff and his car. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Will Schaff. Yeah. <laughs> I was everyone. his RA at art school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look at that. Convenience. <laughs> yes. Awesome. 
Um, your guitar is beautiful, not only oh, aesthetically, but also the way that it sounds is so round and full. Um, nice. What's its story? It's uh, well, it's uh, it kind of does has have a story to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, shorten it a little bit, but okay. I was uh, I uh, I had a, it's a Simon and Patrick. Uh, it's the um, Seagull Guitar Company. It's their like sister mo uh, model, and uh, and I had one early on in my music career, and it got a gigantic hole in it, a puncture. It fell out of a van, oh, so I couldn't sad. use it anymore. And so then I used some other guitars in between, and and uh, and I was going out to, to look for, okay, I need a professional guitar. I do this for a living. I mm -hmm. need something that's going to be able to stand the heat, the cold, like whatever. Right. Inside, outside, I play in the subways a lot, like uh, in Boston at the time. And so I, I drove all around New England looking for a guitar, and I found a base model Martin guitar. And I, I bought that. I'm like, oh, my God, it plays great. And I went to go play my first gig with it in Vermont. And I had $2.50 to my name because I had just spent all that dough on the guitar, getting the electronics put in it and everything. Oh, my God. And I'm, and I'm busking on the street just to be able to get a sandwich before I play my show. But it was like 102 degrees, and no one was, like, you know, coughing up any dough or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack it away. I'm just going to go inside some air-conditioned spots. Because uh, I was melting too, so so I happened to walk into this acoustic guitar shop, and I'm like, "What am I doing here? I just bought a guitar, <laughs> but I, I was like compelled to. I I saw this the Simon and Patrick guitar, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I had one of those. I never see them. I grabbed it off the wall, and I thought I was gonna. I I was just like lit up inside, and even though I just had this other new new used guitar. You know, I said to people on stage, I said, I met my soulmate of a guitar today, <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to get it. And then someone at the end of the show that I didn't know, they said, here's down payment. Whoa. What the hell? Stephen Callahan. Thank you. Shout out to Stephen Callahan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy because they were having a half off sale because that guitar shop was going out of business. So wow. it was actually really affordable. But And then I put hey. the octopus on it after. That's the shortened version. Of That's a story. still a great story, <laughs> even for a shortened version. And the octopus is really cool, too. It's, is it made out of the same material that is usually? Yeah, yeah, pickguard material. Cool. Yep. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. What a story. Destiny. <laughs> Destiny and, and exactly. uh, finding your soulmate. I yep. love that. Awesome. Um, well, I was wondering what your journey has been like as a musician since your days in the subways in the 90s, in Boston, in Baltimore. Where has your journey taken you? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'll sort of tell you uh, kind of how I started. I started playing music because I, at art school, they gave us so many projects. I thought I was going to lose my mind, <laughs> like so much so much of my hours awake was like, oh my God, I have to do this project for class, I do this thing, I'm late handing this in, like whatever, and I needed a release. Right. I was getting sick of doing artwork. And my parents had got me a guitar when I was 18, I brought it to school, but I didn't really use that, I messed around a bit. And then I started finding that like this real passion for, for uh, playing guitar and, and, and songwriting. And, uh, and actually it's kind of funny because Will Schaff, walked by the garbage room. I was playing in the garbage room late at night, like singing my, my, you know, my lungs out. And he's like, what is <laughs> this kid doing? It's 3.30 in the morning. What is this kid doing? So he hung out there for a while, and that's how he and I became friends. But uh, so I ended up, after art school, after I graduated art school, 
I was like, man, I need a break from art. So I, I would only do music shows. And, uh, and so in, in order to do music shows, you got to make posters. So I got back into doing art that way because I was like, oh, I'm forced to make some artwork for my own show bills. So then I moved back home to Maine where I'm from, South Berwick. Uh, and I was there for a little bit. And this grade school friend of mine said, you got to move into Somerville, Massachusetts. I have an apartment. It's 200 bucks a month. Those were the days. (laughs) Yeah, $200 a month. What year is this? I mean, it was $400, you know, together, but $200. And I'm like, okay, he goes, you got it. You should busk in the subway. And, you know, to make the rent. And I was like, oh, that's great. So I started playing music in the subway um, uh, for like eight hours a day. It was crazy, like, how much time I spent down there. And then eventually I, I, I had to move back home because I got super sick. I got super sick from breathing all the, the, oh. the bad air down there. And I just wore myself out. Went back to Maine. A year later, moved to Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. And it was in the Boston area for about like t- uh, maybe like 12, 13 years. Then I moved to Providence mm-hmm. um, for about uh, five years and loved it. Always loved coming to the city and hanging out and doing music and art stuff and just like I don't know, just like a, a, a good vibe, good energy, <laughs> really arty town. Yeah. And uh, and then I didn't like a, as far as like touring goes, I didn't even start doing any touring at all except New England. I would do donuts around New England, mm-hmm. playing like you know like art spaces and breweries and venues and stuff like that. And then I. Uh, and then a friend of mine asked me to do do a cross country tour, like an almost cross country tour. Whoa. We went to the Mississippi and back, and it opened my eyes. And then, uh, and years later, I, I booked my first ever cross country tour, and it and and it blew my mind. I'm so thankful for for every step of the way, like out there. And it's like I booked the tour for two and a half months, and I I swear I could have been on the road for like six months. It didn't matter. Wow. Like I was just like. I mean, I like going home, mm-hmm. but I just felt like I was just so naturally high from the experience of like I had never seen the desert. I'd yeah. never seen the Pacific Ocean. I'd never seen a redwood tree or a cactus. I hugged a cactus. Why would you hug a cactus? Because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen one. I also <laughs> fell uh, off a cliff trying to touch the Pacific Ocean. Oh so you do God. a lot of stupid things along the way, too. But I'm here, and I'm thankful. Landed on an elephant seal. <laughs> Save right. the day. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a journey. Yeah. What were some of your favorite places when you were touring across the country? Oh, man. There's there's so many. I, re- I really dug Marfa, Texas. Marfa, Texas, a really small uh, art community. Basically, there were, there were a lot of uh, uh, empty uh, storefronts in town, and all of a sudden, all these art galleries moved in and these eclectic little cafes and things. And in a lot of places, there's no signage. Mm-hmm. You just got to, like, open the door, and it's like, bam, there's this cool, like, little bookstore that has coffee and, like, whatever in it. Very Brooklyn, but it is. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. actually Marfa. But in Texas, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is very mysterious. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Have to check that place out. Yeah. Um, Who are your primary influences as a musician? Um, Either like those that inspire your sound or those that inspired you to become a musician to begin with. Yeah. Well, there's there's a new one. 
uh, that, that I get inspired by my friend Will from Haunt the House. The guy's name is Baby Gramps. And it's like, it's, it's like Popeye coming to life. <laughs> and it's not, he sounds like an orchestra, and it's him with his steel string guitar from like early, early, like steel string guitar, making all these crazy sounds. Like, and he, it's like watching a cartoon. This wow. guy is so good. His songs are fantastic. And I just think he has such pizzazz and something completely unique to what anyone else is doing that it just blows my mind. And uh, so, Baby Gramps, check that guy out. Uh, I, I also am a huge Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash fan. Uh, in my record collection at home, I, I, I have about tw- 25-plus LPs of both, so they're fighting it out Whoa. in my LP, coll- <laughs> <laughs> LP collection. And I'm a, a huge Michael Hurley fan, too. And uh, he's, he's just fantastic. Like, awesome. like uh, outsider folk uh, musician, 60s, 70s, and ha- he's doing stuff today, too. Just fantastic. Very cool. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I I, I have a, an eclectic like musical background. I'm I'm into like all kinds of music, mm-hmm. like genres. Like I I grew up in in Maine, and my dad's a jazz piano player, so I was into jazz. Like heard him playing jazz when I was a kid, and then my older brother introduced me to hip hop in fifth grade, so I was a little break dancer. <laughs> Hence the you can't the tell from <laughs> this, but and then. <laughs> And then, oh uh, and then, uh, my my dad joined a country band playing drums. So I, I got into country, and then uh, and then my uh, older brother introduced me to punk rock in eighth grade, and I like tore off my parachute pants. I'm like, yes, <laughs> sit. Anyway, that's my musical background. That's wonderful. <laughs> All the genres. My goodness. Yep. Um, I noticed that you do a lot of what you were kind of describing. I've never listened to Baby Gramps. I can't wait to listen oh to yeah. him. Oh my God, um, so good. But you were doing lots of really interesting sound effects with your guitar, too, at one oh point. Oh, cool. Um, I was like, it sounded like a dobro at the end of one of your songs. Right. Like Your endings are very dramatic. I didn't know if you, like, what you used to get that sound. Was it metal? Yeah, well, I, I actually, that's one of the things that happened in the subway. I was playing music down in the, in the MBTA in Boston, and I had my eyes closed. And by mistake, my gu- my guitar strings went against the mic. The, I mean, the, the mic stand that went in this one part <laughs> of this song, the song that I that I played that I used it in. And I'm like, oh my god, it was like. <laughs> then I started using it in in a lot of stuff. So very cool. Yeah. Happy accident. That's awesome. <laughs> It's like he doesn't have a dobro up there. Right, right, right. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> um, your voice is also like an instrument too, just oh, as, cool. as diverse. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether you're whistling or you know up or down, using a very high, like almost like falsetto. when I when I was a little kid, my favorite thing to do was sing like uh, sing fake opera <laughs> around the house. I don't know why, like <laughs> like. So when when I, I don't know I do this side project called Doctor Gasp. It's an all Halloween theme, like uh, arty music show. And I wrote all these songs about vampires and candy corn and oh, and that's uh, so fun. And but <laughs> that is is the one where I really exercise all my vocal from top to bottom in that in that uh, that experience. I'm gonna call it an experience. Does Dr. Gas still happen annually? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just really connected with with all your songs for different reasons, overwhelmed and underpaid. I feel like especially oh, now we're all feeling that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, unless you are uh, owner of Amazon or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, the, the Mermaid song made me think about um, Peter Pan with the clock oh, and right, the crocodiles. Right, right, was right. that your connection when you were thinking about it? No, no. It was, I mean, it was sort of like, uh, like everyone needs to like punch the clock every day, but the clock doesn't want to get hit. I don't know that kind of. Gotcha. You know, I, I, I'm I'm really into like uh, the the more you listen to my music, you can tell how into wordplay I am. I'm super into it to nice. the point where it's like it's not corny dad jokes, but it's almost <laughs> there. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, and and the story of Valentino. I mean, we spoke a little bit right after the show off camera. But right, that that is just epic. Um, it was it was powerful being there, just playing that show, and then hearing that conversation and asking the guy, like, "Can you repeat the story about Valentino to me?" And like, even the in owners who were trying to get usher them out, they're like, "Oh my god, this <laughs> is insane!" And it was the kind of place where. The the I, I got put up that night. It's one of those venues that puts you up like I, it was wow. in an inn, so it's like you know it's part of the deal. And I was thinking, man, this is great. I I place to sleep tonight. I'm gonna like you know, and I couldn't sleep a wink. All I could do was think about Valentino and Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote the song that night. Yeah. Wow. What is your, um, I guess it depends on on moments of inspiration and whatnot, but do you have like a general songwriting rhythm or? No. No. Definitely. I was thinking about that today on the on the drive down here. I was like, wow, it's like I know some friends of mine and they're, gr- they're great songwriters. Everyone has their own way to do it. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, okay, it's Sunday morning, 10 a.m. songwriting day <laughs> for like two hours. Me, it, it, it happens when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, pull over the side of the road or, or have an idea like super late at night, got a pad by my my bed just so I can write it out. And and uh, and that's sort of, you know, how I do it like. I remember one day waking up at like I go to bed at uh, between like two and four a.m. and uh, and I woke up at like five thirty. I just couldn't sleep. I had this idea and I started playing uh, the the guitar and it started flowing. And I'm like, man, I get, I'm gonna like get out as much as I can before I have to, you know, uh, go to bed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of my my process. Wow, there is none. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> being seized right. by feeling. That's amazing. <laughs> um, where can we hear more of your music, either recorded or live? Are you on tour right now? Have you been touring? I'm going to be, like, luckily, oh, my God, luckily in 2021, I was able to play, like, so much more than, than 2020. I mean, almost no one had gigs in 2020. Right. I mean, I was able to squeeze out, like, 18 in 2020, and, and last year I did somewhere around, like, 70 and it was like a super late start. It was like the first show was like May. Wow. Because, you know, the vaccines came in right. and then people started opening their doors to have outside shows. So mm-hmm. as soon as I found out, I started booking like crazy. And uh, and uh, I, I plan on doing a lot of touring this year and especially coming out with a new album. It just makes sense uh, to do that. Yes. Um, so a few of those songs or the, at least the opener is going to be on The opener is going to be on there. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Does it have a name yet? Is it still it's it, uh, the 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 name of the uh, the new the album. album? It's it's called uh, Road Hymns. Ooh, Road Hymns. Yeah, in the in the all the songs 
um, that I recorded on it are recorded in in places that are very sacred to me throughout New England. Like I recorded one under a lilac tree in, in Boston that I go to every year, every May 8th or 9th. I go to this one tree and hang under the lilac tree all day. That smells amazing. And it's <laughs> it <does laughs> smell amazing. So I recorded one there, and then I recorded one in a chapel in Maine on an island, and uh, and then I recorded one by my favorite like uh, hit like Hidden River Park in Vermont, and so and uh, re- recorded one at, at Fort Adams um, in in uh, Newport. And uh, so, so it's all going to be. Each one has a unique sound because the one in uh, uh, Newport was at the um, uh, the what Newport Folk Festival calls the museum stage, mm-hmm. and I went upstairs and recorded. So you hear the sound of that long hall, and then the one outside, you hear birds, and wow. and you know planes and motorcycles going by, and so each one has like a unique uh, sound to it. Wow, I love how you deliberately, intentionally brought in the environment right, to your album. Right. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Yep. Cool. Well, looking forward to that new album. <laughs> cool. Um, and wherever you're touring this summer, hopefully you'll <laughs> right. come back to Providence. Oh, without question. Excellent. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice, I guess, final words for uh, aspiring musicians in general? Um or, yeah, I, I guess frustrated artists. <laughs> right, right. As well here in the Providence community. <laughs> right, right. Who feel burnt out. <laughs> right. I mean, the thing is, like, I've hit walls so many times throughout my career. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been like a super roller coaster uh, ride between doing art and music. And it's like, and it's like, just just believe in yourself and just, you know, let, you know, leave part of of what you do up to fate and serendipity because like i've like i mean i I do the best i can i'm one person doing all my promoting doing all my booking i don't have a manager and wow though i'd like one (laughs) anyway um uh but but anyway so it's the kind of thing where it's like and do everything from the heart like make you know i mean and don't burn yourself out give yourself some breaks and uh and sort of um have time to reflect on what you've done mm. in in your career. That's one thing that I have a hard time doing. I was going through a really hard time I, uh, going through a divorce and all this stuff. And then this friend of mine said, look how many albums you recorded in your career. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you played Newport Folk Fest, anyway, right? Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of big things, being <laughs> humble. Congratulations. All and thank thanks for you. inspiring everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice to meet you. Likewise. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, We're motifs between the notes here at the parlor. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. This has been Motifs Between the Notes. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode, The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Testing 123 with the RIDOH. And thank you for listening.